Hi, I'm Hannah. Hi, I'm Victoria, Hannah's sister. And I'm Barbie, the mom. <laughs> and we, we saved you a spot. Welcome back, guys. We are super happy that you are joining us after Christmas. Um, we're actually recording before because you know hey, we do hey, that. Don't hey. remove that fourth wall. <laughs> I, I like the walls. Keep the walls. But uh, I, we all we hope you all had a happy holiday, a Merry Christmas, lots of good family time, no drama, lots of love and food. And now I know you're all starting to diet. No drama. And um, the, the, your gifts that you gave people, because you know it's always better to give than to receive. So we hope everybody loved your gifts. And... Um, yeah, so that's what we're hoping. But today we're super excited because we have Victoria, my daughter. We, For the sake of how this will unfold, <laughs> she's also my stepdaughter, but we don't say that. Yeah, but she's been my sister my whole life. So. And Hannah's <laughs> sister her whole life. And I only say that because she shares, um, she has a beautiful biological mother that is very much a part of her life. So, um, But we want to talk about Victoria's Spot because you know that the name of this podcast is We Saved You a Spot. Yes. And the reason that is is because being military kids you move around and oh yeah yeah and victoria it kind of nice you didn't have to move quite as much but you right. still as a military kid you lived with your mom yep. but you still had to move some we did yeah i think the first couple years of my life were quite uh chaotic i would say i think there was virginia new york um, my mom and I actually lived in Lewiston for a while while dad was out. I don't remember where he was. Really? Yeah. He was in, dad was in San Diego when okay. you were born. Is yeah. Because I, I was born in Lewiston, Idaho, and we were living with Grandma Bev at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we moved a lot even before Lizzie was born. That's and, crazy. And tell me this. So the name of the podcast, We Saved You a Spot. Wasn't it the hardest thing if you were ever anywhere figuring out your friends and make you feel good? Hey, we saved you a spot. Here you go. Oh, Yeah. Completely. I mean, I would definitely say that Hannah probably experienced that a lot more, but it does. I mean, it does, especially like, I mean, I remember switching schools and I still lived in the same town and there was this little girl, I don't even remember her name, but she's like, you can sit by me. And then oh. I didn't, I didn't feel like I was, you know, well, the even, new kid. A, even as an adult, you've moved quite, like, I would say you've moved quite, a, quite a bit. Yeah. And so like, it's even hard as an adult, like we don't get to say it is cause like, that's not the cool thing to do. Right. But it's nice as an adult, like when people just include you, because like it's still just as scary. You just can't be honest about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I've, I've lived in a lot of different areas, but I wouldn't say that I've moved like far. Yeah. I think for the longest time before my mom and stepdad moved here, I was always within like three hours, three or four hours of where my mom lived. And and such That's a, such a yeah. big change. I know marrying your dad, your dad and I've been married 31 yeah. years, but before I married your dad, I was always within an hour of my mom. And I remember moving yeah. away just sobbing. Well, and then there was the time where like dad went first mm -hmm. and you wanted Hannah to finish out school which was hard too because you know at so, like whether it was Hannah moving to a new school or dad being gone one of yeah. you guys was having to always sacrifice yeah 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 it, it was it was stinky and it was hard and we'll talk about a little bit later in our podcast we're going to talk a bit about one of our uh, favorite books movies um a christmas carol play yes. charles dickens <laughs> and one of the things in researching him is about his noticing how people could just walk by other people. And and we'll talk oh. more about that going going forward later on in the podcast. But yeah. Victoria, we want you to talk about your spot and who you are, <laughs> how you grew up and your life because we know you but we want to we want to hear it from you. <laughs> I know I I um do not live in Florida currently. I am actually in 
based in Oregon. So um, I don't get out to Florida very often, but, um, you know, growing up, gosh, let's see, I was what, 10 when Hannah was born, I think. Yeah, you were, yep. or are almost 10. Yeah, because yeah, Mario and I are only three months apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I had gotten used to Lizzie being the youngest. Lizzie and I have a very different dynamic, I think. Yeah. Like, sorry, Hannah, but I've always viewed you as the baby, just as my I baby, mean, my baby sister. <laughs> to be fair, the closest sibling to me in age is eight years older than me. So Right, right. <laughs> and so with Lizzie, she was kind of always like, I don't know. It's a, like, she was my baby too, but we were just so much closer in age and there was, yeah. cause we grew up in the same household. Yeah. Well, and for those that are, um, are just tuning in that haven't listened to all of our podcasts, yeah. cause I think this is our 36th podcast. Oh my gosh. And, um, who, who are just listening. We have a blended family. Yes. I married Victoria's dad when she was, let's see, was I seven. You were seven. And we've been married 31, yeah, because we've been yeah. married 31 years this yeah. Christmas. And so we have Victoria wow. and Lizzie who have a beautiful biological mother. Yes. And then um, it's the yours, mine, and ours. I had Mario prior to marrying their dad. Yep. And then Hannah. And I really tried hard when you kids were growing up to be as blended as we could. Oh, we portrayed siblings like you, like Mario and I thought like we had grown up together, like since we were babies. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. And I forced camping on you guys. I thought camping was going to be the magic to bond us. So I don't know if that was a worked. very big difference between both families. Like as I got older, I think I understood the difference. Like family vacations held a different, a different definition in each yeah. household. Um, but camping, I mean, I, I liked camping. It was like a like wilderness camping. retreat. It was. Yeah. <laughs> but you never like, it was so funny. Cause you know, we talked about, you know, at those times, you know, you guys didn't have a lot of money, but we never knew that. Like oh, we yeah, had, we, we had not. everything we needed. I think the only time as I look back at it older, it was that time in Tahoe when we got rained out. Oof. And I think we had to, did we sleep in the van or somebody slept in the van, but we were like, there was nothing we could do. Like, we except for get Lizzie, into- her wasn't her mattress just like floating or something? Yeah, I think so. So what she's talking about is we went camping. I think Lizzie was about twelve, and you that would have put you well, maybe- fourteen. Well, yeah, no, Lizzie. I think she was right at eleven because she started going through kind of her teenage. Oh yeah, she has years. she discovered estrogen or something that, <laughs> that year. That was the first summer that Mario and I got along. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, you and Mario got along great <laughs> that summer. But what we're sharing with you is we did these camping trips and whatever we could fit in one van and because we had four kids and two adults, mm-hmm. it was everybody well Mario cheated cuz he found stuffy holes in the van, but everybody got he one really bag, did. one old sports bag, not the big old mega bags that they have now, but mm-hmm. the old-fashioned sports bag, whatever you can fit in that bag and we go for like a week to 10 days. Yeah. And we had two tents and Lizzie, did you put your stuff So we had air mattresses and some of the kids would make their beds and have their bedding up on their air mattresses in the the tents, yeah. but some of us did not. And one day, I would never. It <laughs> rained terribly, and it rained so bad we got back that night because we'd gone oh, that's to right. down, we went downtown or so, like we went we went somewhere fun. Yeah, because I think I had bought a pair of like really wasn't it Virginia City. It might have been something it, like that. that old Western City. Yes, we went there oh, all day because yeah. remember the sheriff tried to kidnap me. Yes, <laughs> and um, we got back that night though, and it Wait. had rained. Yeah. Go Is ahead. that when we took those really pretty photos? Yeah. 
Wait, Hannah was really young, I think, in these ones. That's when Mario bur burnt me with a match. <gasps> yeah, oh that's when gosh, Mario burnt you with a match because he was trying to tease you just to get the girls spun up and then yeah. he actually did burn you. But wasn't that when we had, didn't you have to take Mario? Something happened with him. No, that was in Canada. That, that was, was a different Canada. camping okay, trip. But this one, one. We, we got back that night and our tents had flooded yeah. out and we didn't have extra money. Nope. And so I'm just like, okay, get the towels, dry the floor. And dad took the bedding to the, to the laundromat because the laundromat, mm -hmm. they had one right at the campground to dry the bedding. Um, what you hear is HB is grunting and crying and doing whatever he's doing. He's just he's excited just, that he's Aunt Vicky's pissy. here. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I kind of, so anyway, that was yeah. us. But I interrupted your story. You were kind of at the beginning telling about you and Lizzie oh, yeah. had a okay. certain dynamic yeah. for your relationship. Sorry, we take birds yeah. here. No, that's okay. I mean, I'm used to the, even though I don't live here, I am used to the dynamic of how the conversations usually go. Culture yeah. shock. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I grew up actually in eastern Washington for most of my childhood. Washington um, State, eastern yep, Washington, Washington State. State. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I was just actually talking to my mom about this because I was talking to her about different topics. And I was like, I feel like Lizzie did so many things with you guys. And I had like basketball camps. And then of course, you're like, always busy. I had, well, it wasn't just always busy. I think I had like the high school sweetheart boyfriend that I um, didn't want to necessarily go away from. So like Lizzie got to do a lot of different things and I was more than welcome to go. But I like, again, you know, basketball camps because I, I played a lot of You were a very sports. good baller. She was a beast. She played varsity basketball as a freshman. She I was, did. And you even, didn't you get bumped up when you were in eighth grade to, to fill in at one point at Southridge High School? Um, so I... I don't think they were allowed to scout, but I both there was two high schools in Kennewick, and the Kennewick High School coach was trying to get me to go to Kennewick, and the Southridge High School coach mm -hmm. was trying to get me to go to Southridge. So um, I remember having to have those conversations because I think Oof. I, yeah, I had to get special permission to go to Southridge, which it was a better school, which is what we wanted. Like it had a business academy, which is what I went into, and that has kind of led me into my adult stuff I feel like that's really what got me on the path of because remember my senior year I did my internship at the Hanford nuclear plant oh yeah and we were worried about that because at the time yeah. they were talking about some t waste leaching into the waters yeah Ooh. the water and stuff at Hanford well, that's where nuclear all the nuclear plant. waste is it's in tanks underneath wow. the water over there mm -hmm. yeah that's crazy but that was probably I loved that job no, you were good. I yeah. remember coming over and you had your little boots on and your professional clothes. <laughs> and I thought, I can see this. Yeah. I love Vicky's office attire. I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> oh, about. Oh, yeah. It was very cute. Okay, keep bringing us forward. Okay. So your your basketball, yep. you're at Southridge High School. Yep. I definitely did not follow the uh, normal adult path, which I think drove... All four of my parents' nuts. <laughs> in, in different ways. In different We're ways. All, very, all four very different. I, yeah, I did not take uh, the, the standard path. I think I tried to. I just wasn't a big school person at first. Um, and I kind of, you know, experienced some different things. Um, and then I think I was only in school for a couple months, and then I ended up moving in with you guys temporarily. And I and I think that was eye opening because yeah. we we used to always say your dad's never here, and I didn't realize what that meant until I lived with you guys because he wasn't yeah, ever you, there. And, and I think you thought, oh well, he's not home right now, right? And for me, it was like 
there, it was a very weird dynamic because I was used to it, but then I wasn't used to it because mm-hmm. I was used to growing up in a different household where like I'd get, you know, the couple of times a week phone call where it was, hi, sweetheart, how are you? Like, it was so funny because my mom was like, I'm going to tell your dad. Like I skipped school once and she made me call dad and tell her, tell him. And he goes, are you going to do it again? And I said, no. And he goes, all right then. And my mom was so mad. <laughs> she was, but you know, that was me and dad's relationship. Mm-hmm. And I never did it again. I mean, I wouldn't have, I mean, I was being honest with dad, but so it was a different dynamic. Cause I think there was an expectation that dad would be there more often than what I was used to seeing, but he really wasn't. And I, I, mean, and I think he would have liked to, but he was in the Navy 33 years right. and out of 33 years, he was on sea tours 22 years. Right. Isn't did, that crazy? Do they know the significance of the 33 years that he was in? No. Cause you guys, so I was 33 when he retired. Yeah. Oh, your, they your don't know whole, the significance. Yeah. Your whole, well, the, well, tell why. Well, why he went in the military. Because my mom got pregnant. Yeah. And they they found out that they were going to have me and they had a conversation and then he just decided this is the best course of action and then made it his career. I mean, he was extremely successful, but I just, whenever I talk about it with other people, I'm like, and it was funny when I was 33 because I'm like, yeah, my dad just retired. He was in the military for 33 years. And then people would be like, give me that look. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, Okay. So, yeah. But dad was, he kind of, if you saw, he finally had to surrender his, because you used to be able to keep the driver's license oh, for, yeah, yeah. you know, until you retired from the military. Mm-hmm. But um, he he kind of looked like a hippie guy when he first got into the yeah. military. Yeah. And, but he told me, and your mom, you know, you have your mom's perspective too, but he told me, he said, I was scared. He said, I was working were in sporting good. Yeah. And I had, you know, we didn't make real money. No. And I... So I have to share this, and this is why our family does have somewhat of a cool, weird dynamic. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, divorced families, sometimes there's a lot of animosity. Mm-hmm. And I think there definitely was animosity between my mom and my dad at some points. But I remember my mom telling me the story the first time that she saw my dad. Because he worked at a bar in Spokane. And yeah. she, she was out with her with her fiancé at the time. And she saw dad from across the bar uh-huh. and was just like, yup. This is what I want. And and then they oh, got wait, I didn't know she was engaged before him. Yeah, she was in, so yeah, she was engaged to I think his name was Scott. And he's passed away now. He yeah. has passed Aww. away. Yep. I actually met Cassie, my best friend from middle school. It was her uncle. And we had Random. no idea until my mom went to take us to middle school in the morning and she saw this car in the driveway and it said D Troop. And my mom was like, Cassie, is your grandma named Deanne or whatever it was? And she's yeah. like yeah, how did you know that? And then we realized that uh, they had known each other for the longest time because my mom had been engaged to her uncle. That's so funny. Yeah. That's crazy. No, I yeah. See, I'm happy that you have those. That's one of the things when I married your dad, I'm like, no, embrace all mm-hmm. your good memories. Because he thought, oh, because we're married, that I wouldn't want to ha- him right. to have good memories with your mom. But I'm like, no, I'm all about it. Yeah. Because otherwise you have this big chunk of your life that's disposable. And also you have these right. beautiful girls mm-hmm. and they want to know that you had a happy time together. Right. For whatever reason yeah. it didn't work, they want to know the good parts. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, probably out of all four of the parents, I think you were probably the one that promoted that the most that I can remember. I'm, I don't like disposable people. It's true. <laughs> it is true though. Cause I remember that room that you guys had in the Allen house where mm-hmm. it had all of our awards and stuff like that. There was pictures, I think from 
their their wedding or something and and dad was gonna throw them away and you're like no don't throw them away those were happy times don't forget it oh yeah i i yeah. do yeah. remember plus, that like, even if if he didn't want to remember them like you it was and special Lizzie to us would still want them yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I so I think that's important. I also think it's funny because I've heard you and my mom talk sometimes when dads irritated you, and you guys both are like, "Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> it's it's it's." <laughs> I also have heard them say that they would they would be sister wives, and yeah. I was like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> no, you have a beautiful mom, and I've I to, I've told I don't know if I've told you as many times as I've told Lizzie, oh. but I could easily be your mom's friend, and and I would yeah. wish I were more like your mom. I'm not like your mom. <laughs> I'm psycho, and your mom's really even and I'm intense like your mom would be like oh honey yes you're tired next time do your homework and I'd be like up oh, you messed around you're gonna be up till four yeah. in the morning yeah don't, next time don't mess around don't worry though my mom does have her psycho moments does it? nah we no. have stories that we won't share now but there there's one that cracks me up every which one time. The um the spatula story oh gosh I tell that story all the time <laughs> and Lizzie got out of getting her in trouble Lizzie, Lizzie had the mouth when Lizzie, we were growing up. I Lizzie's two years younger than you are. Yes. Yeah. Okay. She is a spitfire. Love, and I and I think that there are days when I wish that I was more, you know, vocal. I think like her, and then there's times when I'm on the receiving end, and I'm like, nah, I wish done. Yeah. Nope. Because <laughs> she can be intimidating, but mm-hmm. yeah. But I think she's highly respected also because she's. You know, she's not puts, afraid to be herself. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, she's also really, because um, Lizzie does, she does things with children, um, yes. mental health, adoption, all of that. So yeah. she's also tenderhearted. But, well, um, and I think my mom and I are so similar. And so Lizzie and my that. mom butt heads sometimes. And it's funny because have you ever seen those memes on like Instagram when they're like, you see someone on the phone, a woman, and she's like, me calling my sister, telling her how I made mom mad. And she'll send me that meme on Instagram. Because <laughs> that is you. Like, hey, I made mom mad this morning. Like that's a conversation that we that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. But it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. That's funny. Um, but we want to get back to you. Okay. Oh, sorry. So you took your own little path in I life. I did. I went to a couple of different colleges. Um, I think I finally settled down once I moved to Oregon. Yeah, um, which I would agree with that. I lived in Washington for a while. I don't think I'm allowed to say this, but they were like fraternity houses that I lived in. We had a different name for them. Okay. The H-E double hockey sticks house. That's because it was just a there was probably 10 or 12 people that lived in these houses. You know, when you're a server and you don't make very much, like it's mm-hmm. nice to have your own room, but you know, you're sharing it with a bunch of people. And then I, um, and you were the good cook of the group. That was your claim to fame. Kind of the is, mom. Yeah. Which got, haven't you always been the mom of whatever group you're a part yes, of? Yes. Yes. Um, they, I think my, my friend group that I've had now for almost like 15 years, they, I met them all in Ellensburg. So I moved to Ellensburg for a while. I was going to Central. Ellensburg, Washington. Ellensburg, Washington. Yep. Um, that was, when you think of one horse town, that is legitimately what it is. There is I, a main street. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Ellensburg oh, is like that. that. There's a couple of truck stops. Mm-hmm. I remember when they used to be gas stations where trucks would stop. Yes, because but, we met there. Do you remember the significance of that spot? That's where we would meet halfway when we when we would yes, meet. Yes, and then I got a computer and I realized it wasn't halfway. Yeah. And I'm like, um... Can we meet I, somewhere else? I love else? you, but it's a really long drive because I have to do Seattle. Can yeah. Actually, the computer says this is halfway. But uh, yeah, we didn't. I don't think my mom like knew that it was halfway. But I remember her being like, "How long do you guys go?" And I mean, sometimes Dad 
sometimes we had Dimatap. <laughs> and um, hey, I loved it. I okay, <laughs> okay. I disclaimer: for, I was for, never about Dimatap. It this was when Dad and I got married. He'd suggest Dimatap for the kids when they drive, and I'm like, absolutely uh, not. So yeah. this is one of my my my, my buttons. Mom, yeah, my mom. I think it was because Grandma Bev told her, like, had said it was fine. Grandma Bev and Grandma Betty both. And I'm like, and, and I married yeah. your dad and he suggested, I'm like, are you crazy? Uh, are they prescri- is Diamond Tap prescription? It's over no. the counter stuff. No, it's over the counter. And I'm like, but you're not t- drugging like, my it children. It tasted like grape soda. So, and then I, I was fine to pass out. I mean, I didn't want to It probably be... helps Lizzie too because she gets car sick really bad. She does get car sick really bad. No. But I think I did growing up too though. Did you? Yeah. So then later <laughs> on it got he to. It, adding it, in his opinions. Got yeah. to be my, uh, my dad would just suggest it just to see what I'd say and I'd look yeah, at him Yeah, we like, didn't do it very, like, yeah, after you guys got married, we didn't do it very much. And and I totally get it. I know that that's not a thing she today. Missed but, it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I lived in Ellensburg for a couple of years and um, I actually worked at one of those truck stops. I was at Is Love's. That, oh yeah, you did mm-hmm. work there. Yeah. You liked Love's though, didn't you? Kind of or It not? was a job. All right. It paid some bills. It paid the bills well, and it was flexible. I think I, I well, yeah, because I was going to school and oh, yeah. they, they kept badgering me to take a supervisor or like a lead position. I'm like, no, I want to concentrate on school. And they just kept kind of badgering me. So I finally did it. And I did make a little bit more money. And I think that was the thing. No matter what job I had, I would try to, you know, get better than entry level. But um, the thing you have to understand about truck stops, it is retail. But the clientele that you have is a very different breed. Yeah. And diverse. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because I remember I drove a truck. Yes. And that was in my former life. Mm -hmm. And I was never licensed, but that doesn't stop you from driving. I was learning to drive and I was going to get licensed. Well, I don't think it was as, uh, like, I don't know that they pushed it back then as much as they do now. Like, you have to have the CDL or whatever. Yeah. Well, and we were owner operators too. We owned our own rig. You owned it. So you, I think the risk for you guys was less than if a company had hired you. Yeah. Yeah. No, we we drove for Parker. Um, but okay. So you did that. You were, they pulled you into the rabbit hole because you got into management, which is tempting to stay, but you never were really happy with your money. No. And so then, um, I and then the hours up, were trash. Yeah, I mean, I could work anything from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. to 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. It just really was kind of Those all are over like the place. Radio station shifts. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm. Um, I learned because I was going to school, and so I would sleep for like two hours, and then I'd go to school, and then I'd try to take a nap before I went to work, and. Um, eventually I just ended up working so much that I stopped going to classes, which I, I mean, again, it's, it's the path that I, that I took. Um, and then from there I moved to Portland, Oregon. Um, I had visited a couple of friends there and I, I really fell in love with this, the city itself. I wouldn't say the city, like people per se, just my favorite part about Oregon is the nature. It doesn't like I, there's a lot of dynamics to Oregon that I don't like, but I love the Pacific Northwest. Oh yeah. No, the Pacific Northwest is beautiful and, and Oregon is beautiful and the whole Tillamook idea. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Lincoln city, Newport. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All of those places. Where did I take you? We did a, we just did a tour. Oregon city. We went to Oregon city. I've never heard of Oregon city. Really cool. Um, I had actually taken my mom in the summer, mm-hmm. and then I had told mom the next time she went to go visit grandma to come down for a couple of days because they have an old, it's called the McLaughlin House, 
and it was really cool. I wish we had been able to take the tour, but it was closed. Yeah, oh. but the history is um, neat. Well, so so you're you're in Oregon. Yep. You get your two year degree, and yes. you get a, you fast forward because I want to get you into your job and what you're doing. Yes. So I while I uh, was I was actually working for Fred Meyer slash Kroger. Um, and I was doing um, some administrative work there. I really actually liked that job a lot. I got to yeah, deal with I know you did. the marketing and I got to deal with advertising and, you know, sales. And then you got like really crazy cool discounts, right? I did, yes. They had the thing called the cage, which was all of our sample stuff. And we could, you know, shop that every now and again. Um, for really inexpensive. For really, you could get yeah, great cheap, things like for cheap. Dollar stuff, yeah. And then one year I had worked in the seasonal department and I actually talked to my boss and we had a bunch of Christmas stuff that we mm -hmm. got donated that I took home to Tri-Cities when I went home for Christmas that year um, to a family in need. Like we got a tree donated and lights for outside Aww. and um, they were hooking up with a local community for food, but we got the kids gifts. We got clothes for them. So it was really cool. That's neat. Um, I, and I'm really, I love that you did that. Yeah. You know, you, you gave back. Yeah. Um, and so then I, I, I wasn't really happy with the money there. Um, and I had applied on, I don't even remember if it was indeed or what it was. And I got a request to go for an interview at Liberty Mutual. Um, and I went for the interview and I met a woman named Peggy. And she okay, was, wait a minute. Just so everybody knows who it is, do the commercial. Liberty, 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 Liberty. <laughs> yes. The emu. Yep. Okay. Um, they actually, when I was going into the office, they had the big giant cut cutout boards of the emu. And so like, people would take pictures. And then we have Did a- Did you? No. I don't like taking pictures very I much. I know, but I was <laughs> go, curious. Go back and get a picture. I want yeah. a picture of you with, the, with that. Um, <laughs> and so I, I ended up um, applying, and the woman I met with was Peggy, and we had a really great, you know, connection. Um, and I remember the last question she asked me was, are you sure you want to take this job? You seem overqualified. And at that point, they were offering me $4,000 more a year than what I had been making at Fred Meyer, which I had been doing for five years, I yes, think. yeah. And I said, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and then within the first two months, I got like a $4,000 raise on top of that. And then I think it was seven months after that, I got into my team lead role. Mm -hmm. And then after eight months or 10 months, sorry, I got into my supervisor role, which is where I'm at now. I'm a manager of the workers' comp stuff. We have a lot of different departments within the workers' comp. but And within, so within um, a less year, than two years. less than two years, mm -hmm. you had three major promotions. Yes. That's crazy. And they have, Are you so kidding me? Liberty has this thing called job family progression. And so the first, um, like, I guess I don't know the word I'm looking for. The first, I guess, promotion I got was I went up a grade level. Mm -hmm. And so that was what made me eligible to apply for um, the higher grade, the team lead. And oh, okay. my, my supervisor at the time, Sarah, she's a dear. I love her. And she kept telling me like six months into the role, she's like, you're ready. Apply. And I'm like, I don't think I'm ready. Apply. You're ready. And um, I, I did apply uh, eight months and they ended up going with a different person. And I remember getting feedback and they were like, you are a second choice. It was just because this person had... Um, more experience in this particular department. And I was like, hey, that's great. What can I do to, to you know, be better? And they're like, oh, do some job shadows. And then two months later, I had done job shadows and they had another opening and they asked me, they said, did you do the job shadows? I said, yes, here's the three people I did it with. And then 
I got the call the next day that said that they wanted to offer it to me. So. How great is that? Yeah. No, that's we're so proud of you. That's Thank fantastic. You. Yes. Yeah. So all of a sudden, everybody, okay, here's the hubbub. Because you know families, <laughs> I'm sure your family doesn't gossip, but our family, we, we're constantly... Hey, what's the deal? Victoria has less college than all of us, and she's the gr- the girls, and she's making all this money. It's true. And so then all of a sudden, Hannah and Liz are like, "How can we make more money?" Uh, yeah, I was like, "Dang, Victoria's balling." Yeah, no, and like, it was good. Yeah, it's I, you. You make you make good. You know, it's. I don't know if it's the cost of living. Like even I don't think so. Though, like cost of living here is pretty high now. Yeah. So actually, last year when I was here for Christmas, I was kind of looking at some of the different apartments, kind of over by my mom's house. Right. And they were more expensive than what I'm paying now. Really. But my complex that I live in is actually below market value. Like I, I, I made friends with the the property manager just because you know she's nice, but. We were talking about it, and I mean, the cost of rent anywhere nowadays is ridiculous. But um, mine is below market value. But when you're a single person and you're you've got one income, like regardless, it still can be really even hard. Just taking care of yourself, yeah. yeah. It can, it can yeah. be grueling. Um, well, let me tell you, I'll I'll flash back marrying your dad and mm-hmm. then having Hannah. All of a sudden, because we're okay. I was 30 when I married your dad and I, we had Hannah when I was 32, 33. 33. And all of a sudden we have four kids and dad's still, you know, not as high up the chain. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying, I I worked at the bank. I kept my foot in the door at the bank, but it's scary. I mean, can you you have to worry about about daycare and like, cause if you went to work, you know, I mean, I guess once Hannah was born, I think Lizzie and Mario and I were Somewhat old enough to to help out, but not when Hannah was itty bitty. No, no, and and that was the hardest thing because I remember babysitting for two dollars an hour. Oh yeah, $2. you had Carson. Yeah. Oh my I gosh. Paid, I charged two dollars an hour in nineteen ninety six. To I babysat a little boy that I loved for two dollars an hour, and so can you guys imagine having four kids and really we made scrub right. scrub money. But um, anyway, this is not about me. No, but that's, it's a big part of our dynamic. And I, I smiled when you were talking about that because all that ran through my head was when Carson would say Barbie. 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 Getting, did you know he's getting married? I heard that. Yeah, I he's getting Lizzie married. Or Hannah might have told me. I can't remember. In June. Isn't that crazy? That yeah. is crazy because I remember when he was just a little little guy. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> he's, he's getting married. Um, but all right. So you're doing Fantastic with Liberty, yes. and you have come up with a special program. Do you want to talk about that? Sure. Yeah. I um, I have really, really thoroughly enjoyed my job, and uh, one of the first things that I noticed when I started was that they had all these kind of like extracurricular activities. And the first thing that I noticed was that they had a valor group that supported the troops. And so that was my first kind of step into kind of viewing what these additional employee resource groups were. So the troops being active duty military people? Yep. So the first year that I participated, um, I sent care packages to those that were still in Afghanistan. Wow, that's cool. Um, That was like the highlight of the season for me at that year because it was, I got to go to the store. I bought all these little snacks and deodorants and stuff. And I wrote Christmas cards and I... And you solicited the funds. Yep, I did. I I reached out and had people donate, which was really cool. Um, And then I... So prior to that, I had been in a pretty... 
abusive relationship that I had ended prior to um, moving into this new apartment that I had been in. And um, I was slowly starting to realize that this kind of stuff happens a lot more than I think people mm-hmm. realize. Yeah. Um, because I definitely did not believe that I was the type of person that would have accepted that behavior. Like I didn't you you're know. you're not you're a strong personality. I mean, yeah. and I don't mean that negatively. Right. You just know what you want, and you don't tolerate bad behavior yeah. yep. from people. Yep. And so one of the things that I recognized was just that I I was really struggling, and I had a pretty good relationship with my boss at the time. And I remember her, we had a one-on-one conversation, and she just said, "You know, your numbers are slipping. You know, what is what is going on?" And I. I don't know what possessed me to tell her. It just all came out and she recommended some of the the resource groups and some of the programs that they had available. And I I realized you And know, when you say it all came out, you shared the that story. you were in a really yep. bad relationship. Because yep. we couldn't your family could not save you. We were nope. all trying Nobody to Nobody really knew the extent of it at that no, point. No, we did like not. I, we we could feel it, but we yeah. did not know. Well, and I remember a phone call that I had had with you where I don't remember what we had talked about, but we had talked about it later. And you said the tone of your voice, I just knew. I think it was when I had had to be taking pictures to prove where I was to show who I was with. Well, it snapped it on McVictoria. Mm -hmm. What is going on? Yeah. Yep. Um, And so I had reached out to the head of my department and I just said, hey, you know, I really have appreciated the... Um, the resources that were available to me during this time. And I think that... Because your boss had been helpful. Yeah. So I reached out to the director of our department and I just said, you know, I think domestic violence is is a big issue. And I think, you know, it happens a lot more than people realize. And I think if people had a safe, safer space to talk about it, Especially because our my company at that point, everybody was remote. We were still very heavy into the COVID stuff. Oregon had way more, I think, restrictions than Florida. Because um, you had gone from working in a really big downtown office yes, building yep, to... To working from home permanently at that point. Um, and he was living with me. Mm-hmm. And so it was... Um, kind of a culture shock at that point because I, I had lived by myself for so long. But in addition to that, it was trying to, you know, have meetings and have him be in the background and, you know, that kind of thing. And so, you know, once that relationship ended and I moved into the new apartment, it kind of allowed for me to have the space to work on myself and heal the the mental health. Yeah. And again, you know, I've had people ask me, I had a friend who, you know, I just actually talked to about this before. And he said, it's not that I'm not, you know, sorry that that happened to you, but I've never had it happen. So I don't understand. And I said, yeah, that's, that's part of it is that mm-hmm. people who don't, who haven't experienced it, you know, there's that thought of why didn't you leave? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me in my dynamic, I would think I was 32, 33 and wasn't married, you know, do I want, do I want to end this relationship that I've invested three years of my life into and have made all of this effort to make it successful? And, um, but it got to a point, I think, where I just, my brain wouldn't let me break to the point where I just wouldn't be able to leave. Like I just couldn't take it anymore. Well, I, I've been listening to, because, you know, you try to study, listening to different, um, things about that situation. And 
it sounds like it actually changes your brain chemistry. It does, actually, yeah. So one of the books that I actually was listening to on Audible is The Body Keeps the Score. I don't know if you've oh, ever... Oh, no, I have not heard yeah, that one. Yeah, it's a doctor that uh, talks about... It was specifically designed for people that were in the military mm-hmm. or in war mm-hmm. that um, a lot of them were struggling with PTSD when they came back because they didn't deal with the emotional, mental ramifications of what they had witnessed. Your hippocampus and some yeah. of those different and things. And your body keeps the score. Like your mm-hmm. body remembers all that stuff and it processes things. And so sometimes when your mind and your body are on different healing paths, it can be a little tricky. But, you know, I think um, the the group that I, that I kind of started was... It's become very successful. You started a program at Liberty Mutual, correct? And you had that program up. Yes. So um, I participated in a couple of different um, groups. Uh, One was ABLE, so um, for caregivers of people with disabilities, and that was the one that my director um, was in charge of. And we kind of were a subcategory of them currently, but we're looking at trying to create and have us be our own entity. But we've put on um, events where we've talked about you know, people have shared their stories. We've talked about some of the signs, especially when you're in a virtual environment. Um, and one of the main purposes that I noticed that if we have management that can take trainings on things to recognize, because a lot of people didn't have or don't have what I had with my manager who was willing to talk to me about that stuff yeah. and not immediately go to, well, you're going to be fired if you don't bring up your numbers. Um, and so that's kind of where we're at. But the la- I think the last event we had in October, we had almost 300 people attend. Well, okay, so this is fantastic, and I'm proud of you. Yeah. Um, so talk about why should they care. Onboarding for a company is mm-hmm. expensive. Yeah. yeah. And because why does a company care if you're in a bad situation? Well, you have to remember, too, when a company hires you, you're an investment. Yep. Right. They're looking yes, at ma'am. your total like you yourself are looking at how is this going to be an investment or a benefit for me? But you're an investment for that company. And truly, I mean, outside of domestic violence, mental health is a big aspect of it. And there, you know, some people would say, oh, sitting at a desk, you know, it's not it's not bad. And it's like, but you don't understand sometimes the stress that it puts on your mind, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so I think that even in an office setting or just any company, um, it's important to kind of know your people and know what they're going through. I think for HR, on an HR perspective, it's, well, it's it's a family dynamic. We don't want to be involved. But it really is everyone's responsibility to notice those types of things. Um, and I think if we, it's also very taboo. Oh, I think it is taboo because taboo. you can be a go get them <laughs> tough woman mm-hmm. or man because mm-hmm. I think you've discovered it, it happens to men yes. also yes. yes and it makes you you don't want to look weak in in the work environment right. so heaven forbid you're going to let anybody know right. you got any hiccups at home well and the other thing is too is um some of the things that I've I've discovered researching is like there it wasn't it wasn't it didn't become criminal I think until the 1970s and even then it wasn't really even nothing was done about it till the 1990s mm-hmm. then there was a law put into place to protect you know those that came forward um but the more that you talk about it it's an uncomfortable conversation right but the more that you talk about it people become aware of it I don't want to say that you desensitize but they desensitize enough to where they'll call it out they'll be able to talk about it they won't feel afraid to talk about because that was my thing. I mean, nobody knew. I mean, I think people knew what was going on, but I wasn't telling people. I wasn't actively saying that these things were happening. No, you right. you were very private and shut off. So 
what your program that you've developed does. You're not you're not the the resource you're helping provide resources. Right. Is that the right yeah, term? Uh, that's yeah. Right. So we, so me and the people that I participate with, we have a couple of people that share their stories. Um, and we kind of just share what happened to us and how we've moved forward with it. Um, we're very careful. Like I don't tell anybody what to do because just because of what I did doesn't mean that that's, you know, and my mm-hmm. situation was very different. I didn't have children with this person. Um, that puts a very big different dynamic on mm-hmm. what you can be dealing with. Um, but we do, like my company has a lot of resources. They even have security resources, which I have found to be extremely helpful. Um, I got pictures of the tour that somebody went on. And I mean, it looks like the CIA back there. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, that is wonderful. And and that, what I'm, what I'm really, you know, pe- People are often looking for somebody who sees a need and provides a solution. Yeah. And you saw a need, you provided a solution, and um, I'm excited to see where this yeah. goes yeah. for you. You know, maybe it's Liberty Mutual now. Maybe your program will be so successful you can offer help to other companies. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. And I think because I think one of the statistics that I read was 70% of corporate companies don't have an official um kind of response to domestic mm-hmm. violence. Um, and I think it just all starts at somewhere. Well, and and, and we're going to wrap this up, but um, this portion of our podcast, but I also, because I was trying to prepare for you coming today, and I know yeah. you're my daughter, but I also wanted to kind of know what you might be dealing with. And I thought, oh, you're here now, <laughs> and it's the holidays. Yeah. And there's especially... It uh, increases significantly mm-hmm. over the holidays. holidays. Well, you got to remember, too, because people are home more They're because homework. most places are closed for the holidays. And so you're home with the abuser. Um, there's, and I think people celebrate, there's drinking, there's substance abuse, which plays a really big part into domestic violence. And there's expectation yes. of the holidays. Let's create the best holiday. Yeah, and the there's stress. so many opportunities mm-hmm. to, for someone to be disappointed in you. Absolutely. Or yeah. yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. But well, we're proud of you. Thank Very you. Good. Yeah. good job. Thank now, you. What? I'm Tell sorry. me. Hi. Hi. Um, <laughs> I you. I love all this conversation. I'm letting you know that we are at about 41 minutes. Okay. So we have limited time, Mom. All right. We're gonna, this is my fault. We're on a limited schedule today because I have Casey's Christmas party right after this. Okay. Well, and it's the holidays. So, guys, we're going to yes. shift gears to um, we want to talk happy. about two, <laughs> yeah, yeah, something happy. Yes. We want to talk violence. really. Talk. We're going to talk about two different things. We're going to talk about Christmas memories oh, and you girls. And the other thing is we want to talk about a Christmas carol, which is we've kind of all agreed, or at least Victoria and I have agreed that that's one of our favorite Christmas stories because Charles Dickens Hi, chopped liver? You're, you're chopped. No, you're not chopped liver. <laughs> All right, ready, set, go. Favorite Christmas memories. Um, I, you I, know what, you Hannah? Know we you, haven't heard you. You talk first. Yeah. Go, it's my girl. Time you go, shine. girl. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, actually, Christmas, okay, so Christmas Eve was my favorite because, like, that's when we would all you know, open presents and stuff. And, and we was, had all four kids usually. Oh, yeah, yeah. we did open. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and we'd have all four kids usually, and it was great because there would always be, like, a Christmas Eve dinner, and um, my favorite thing after that, though, was the next morning. We we would all use these stockings. Guys, I use the term stockings very loosely. Um, it <laughs> that was, always, was one of the memories I was going to talk <laughs> was about. It? Okay, yes. okay you guys can share a memory. <laughs> we would Okay, we would put our quote-unquote stockings up. They were pantyhose. Yes. And 
the uh, idea behind them is that you can fit so much more yes. in pantyhose than you can in like a regular traditional stocking. And so it was fantastic. I loved opening up my stocking because it wasn't necessarily like crazy expensive gifts. I'm sure they added up with how much was put times in Times four. Yeah. I always thought if I buy something for $1 times four. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but like it would be such cool things. Like there would be candy, which I loved. There would always be a lot of candy, mom. Well, it would be Santa Claus candy. I got fun oh, candy. The worst part was the stupid chocolate-covered cherries. I'm so Shut sorry, Mom. I know your they, I mouth. Mom got me, them. <laughs> Mom got me chocolate-covered cherries because I told her how much I missed them. I got really? them today. She gave me them. I have I one was, of my friends that really, really enjoys them, too. Like He buys favorite. them for himself and puts them in his stocking so his kids think that Santa came for him, too. Oh, Queen Anne's. You don't love them? No. I don't like cherries, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, that That's might fair. be why. What about, like, chocolate-covered um, oranges? That's a thing in, like, Europe. Mm, you know, it's weird. I'm not a big sweets fan, but I ha- I've had the chocolate oranges. They're they're different. I mean, I'd still eat them. <laughs> they're different. They're not my favorite. Dad's Chex Mix <laughs> is my, my one of my favorites. If he is doesn't it, make it too hot. Yeah, I, I like it say, savory. He does make it a little spicy, but I do remember growing up on the Chex Mix. Mm-hmm. In yeah. fact, we were is mad at Hannah because she had some out when I visited her when I got off the plane. I'm like, <gasps> she has Chex Mix. Did she share it? <laughs> yeah. No, because it was too Well, she oh, she offered, but it was yeah. too spicy for oh, me. Oh, yeah. Lizzie no, Dad made some. And she was like, oof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very hot. No. He goes, I'm not giving this to anyone else because this batch is really hot. Okay. More more memories. Um, what, what else? Okay, so what my favorite got? was the pantyhose stockings. That mm-hmm. was really the best. But then at Christmas Day was always relaxed, and I really liked that. Yeah. I thought it was nice because we just typically lounged around, and a lot of times we would watch Harry Potter movies. We did. Like random Harry Potter movies, and yeah. um, it was just always like a family day, and I really enjoyed it because our family is such a quick movie and like bustling yeah. bunch. That mom does not stop. No, mom doesn't stop. And no, I, I don't. It's true. <laughs> and like I'm obsessed with mom, but I was also, it was nice to have downtime with her and yeah. with everyone else too. And so Christmas Day was always nice because we would get to relax. Yeah. And if it snowed in Allen uh, and yeah. you guys sled on, mm-hmm. on the hill. Wait, quick sidetrack because then we're going to get back to people. I saw the funniest meme, and it was the first time Casey and I didn't relate to a meme, even though we're the exact same age. Because <laughs> it said like kids nowadays get to get a text. Um, when their school is canceled or delayed. Meanwhile, I had to watch the news at 6 a.m. to see yeah. if our school was canceled. And he's like, I don't, he goes, did you have to do that? And I was like, oh, you didn't have snow days. He goes, no, they canceled school once because it it was icy. And I was like, are you kidding me? They canceled school because it was icy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, so we had no up. idea what we were talking about. And yeah. I was like, no, you would wake up like at like 5.30 and you'd start watching the news because like you'd see like, I don't know, six inches of snow, and you'd be like, oh, right. I don't and think... And you have to wait for the little border on the bottom of the yes. screen. Yeah, you go, okay, they're going to do it in alphabetical yeah. order. Okay, yeah. Thurston County. Yeah. Mason <laughs> County. Yeah. Exactly. And I just thought that was so funny because he couldn't relate. He was like, I mean, we would cancel school for hurricanes. I forgot about yeah. that. It's very different. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so your guys' favorite Christmas memories. Okay, Victoria is the biggest Christmas person in our <laughs> yes, whole family. Victoria, Victoria, Christmas starts in October for Victoria. Sometimes it starts in the summer. Okay. But, <laughs> so, you know, I, I was just talking to my mom about this, and one of my things is, so, I am a big Christmas fan. I mm-hmm. watch Christmas movies pretty much all year round. Yeah. But, there is one movie that I will wait for, which is um, It's a Wonderful Life, and I always watch it on th- Thanksgiving yes. night, because that was a, that's a Guile House mm-hmm. tradition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it kind of just, like, streamrolls you into 
Christmas season. It kind of sets spirit. Yeah, it sets the mood. Um, and I think for me that, I mean, all the movies, I I love them. I love all of them, all the claymation. Um, but I think my favorite claymation for lives. Woo-hoo! Yes, yes. I think Rudolph. my favorite was probably I don't know. I. I was bringing up the stockings with my mom earlier because my mom didn't remember that you did the (gasps) pantyhose. And she was like, she did pantyhose. I'm like, but you don't understand. It was like not just five minutes of pulling things out of the stockings. Like you had to like push them up your arm to get down at the bottom to get all this stuff. Do you remember the year that I got a little Buzz Lightyear and Lizzie got Woody? Yes. We did not put these toys down for like a week. Lizzie like loved that Woody thing. And I think we went to Grandpa Shane's house that day and we were playing with him in the back of the van, like completely content with just these little itty bitty toys. Do you guys remember the year you guys set up a trap? Because even now, (laughs) I know Mario because he, because we believe in Jesus. And so Mario refuses to let his children believe, okay, send your children out of the room if you're Santa people. Oh, yeah. Um, Spoiler alert. Anyway, because we believe in Jesus, Mario won't let his children believe in Santa. Me? I've never told my kids there isn't a Santa. And I remember you. Huh? No, I'm not telling you it now either, doggone it. Um, no, there was there were years that I saved and saved for presents. And like when we lived in San Diego, when your Mario got a little bike. Oh, yeah. And we were so poor. And I had it at a neighbor's house. And they brought it over um, before we got up, you know, we, Christmas morning. I don't know how they let me know because we didn't have texting yet. No. But anyway, it showed up and Mario's like, Mom. And I'm like, hey, Mario, we are so poor. I have no idea how you got it. <laughs> and so... I yeah. I love the magic yep. of Santa Claus. And that it's reminds fun to me play of something, believe. actually. Do, okay. Hannah, do you remember when you were little? I think this was the same year that I helped you pull your tooth out. But oh. I'm, I helped you make the rings. We cut out construction tra- paper yeah. and we would count down the days. I think you do that with Kylie now. Oh, well, we make, yeah, I, we've similar. already made, Grandma Jan was just here yeah. and we made snowflakes. Matter of fact, we have to iron oh. them and put them up on the slider because she made tissue snowflakes and we make the old fashioned rings. And one year yeah. we did the popcorn and the, I used to be the house that had all the Christmas parties for the kids yeah. too, where we went Christmas caroling. Yep. And I had stations and the kids, I would take all the phones because by then Hannah's friends had Phones, phones. And, I, and yes, I want them to have pictures, but I want them to be invested. So Mom, I would have the pictures that they would have gotten were not. Well, back then the phones weren't very good. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I, I'd say for a good time, put your phones here and we'd have a bowl and everybody would put their phones in the bowl. Yep. And we had stations and they would go around and they would decorate cookies. You were there one year. Yeah. Um, and, and I always have lots of Christmas aprons yep. and, and popcorn was another station. And then we would go. I remember that and the cranberries were, we would, we um, threaded cranberries. I think oh, you guys yeah. threw them at each other. I found them all over the oh, house I'm sure. later. Yeah, that was. But you guys were middle school. So, and I'd have, you know, the best Christmas music and then you do White Elephant. But, and then we would Christmas Carol. I'd get you in the back of my truck. I know, I'd say sit down so you don't die. And um, we'd go to the cute boys' houses. Also, best year ever, when you're in Florida, we had a Christmas party like that. And you guys had the game where you wrapped. You you wrapped, oh, you, you'd yes. have teams huh. and you'd wrap somebody to see who made the best Christmas present out of a friend. Yeah. Well, and it was cool to go Christmas caroling that year because I had a lot of friends that like played instruments. And so do you remember we had my amp? Oh, I got a converter for my truck. So we had all the electric guitars and the, cool. and the keyboard in the back of the truck. So some, I let, a, I let one of the kids drive my truck. The real, oh. I think Austin drove it because he was responsible. 
Austin. Philo. Philo. Okay. Yeah. That's funny. And 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 so you guys had guitars. It was very slow. Like I mean, like no, right. no yeah. gas on the pedal. And right. we probably had like thirty kids, and they were Christmas caroling. But you guys were playing the music in the back of the truck. It was pretty That's cool. Awesome. That was cool. And y'all had Christmas hats. I don't know what your guys' preference is. I have a fake tree now because I have cats and I don't let mm. that. They can be toxic to them if they drink the water. But I think one of my very favorite Christmas memories was, so my mo- my mom's birthday is in the beginning of December. Right. And we would always go on the weekend either like before or right when her birthday was happening. And we would go out to this little Christmas tree farm with all mm-hmm. of like um, my Aunt Jeannie and Uncle Mike and Josh and... Um, we would take us all out to this little Christmas tree farm in Pasco, Washington. And back then there was like nothing out there but like farms like that. Yep. And we would pick our Christmas tree. And Lizzie and I would always want, because, you know, they would have to cut sometimes the top of the tree so that it would mm-hmm. fit. And we would always want the tops of the tree so that we had our own little tree. <laughs> One year Dean did not want us to have it for some reason. And Josh snuck him in the truck so that Dean yeah. didn't notice. <laughs> Dean Dean and I have some things that I think yeah, are very similar. I don't like clutter. Yeah, he didn't either. But I don't, it's so funny because like Lizzie and I were so excited because I think at that time we had gone to like the 99 cent store and we got those little tiny ornaments, yeah. the little packages. Oh. And that's we would decorate our little tree in our room but I think and it smells good yeah and we we just got to go with all of the extended family in fact I think there's a picture that I have always kept of me and Josh when Mm -hmm. we were at the tree farm Mm -hmm. it was just a really cool memory like I loved the smell of it you Mm -hmm. come home and you get to smell a tree but we weren't allowed to decorate that tree because because your mom is an excellent yeah oh gosh decorator. her tree looks like something out of a, a catalog magazine. yeah yeah um we would have we would be outside helping dean put up the christmas lights that's not as fun so no. you should send me a picture of your mom's tree this year so i can put it on her facebook site i can, can I? is that okay do you yeah. think she'd care she would probably love that it's actually. absolutely i yeah. i don't my tree looks like little house on the prairie <laughs> just gonna be honest here Mine looks like the like an enlarged. Hannah's is cute. I it's love like a Charlie Hannah's. Brown cr- tree. No, I don't not. think so. It's pretty. Lizzie said the same thing about hers. She didn't like hers either. I so I'm kind of similar to my mom. I do like a theme. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year I got a champagne gold color ornaments and black. Ooh. Yeah. Did you take a picture? I did. I think it's on my phone. We should, like, take pictures of all the family trees yeah. and, and post them. It'd be pretty. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. Last last memory, and then we'll do Mom, Dickens. we have to transition. We are at, like, 54 minutes. Okay, we're going to transition. Um, she really wants to go to this Christmas party. Well, no, I just, it's, uh, I'm stressed about traffic because of Christmas. <laughs> okay, yeah, I know. I it's a thing. Traffic was but a I just want to talk about when you guys tried to trap Santa Claus that year. Oh, and you guys gosh. slept oh, yeah. in the living room, all four of you kids. Which house was that? Was that, that was the first house? Yeah, the first house with the rock wall. Yeah, where yeah. Mario pushed me off. <laughs> yes, I know. It was always fun. The best time was when all the kids were together. No. But, but how did we try and trap? You guys I don't remember this. took yarn yeah, and you we made did. you made all these traps so that for Santa Claus to get out of Santa Claus's bedroom, <laughs> it was like the Matrix. You know the lasers, oh, like laser system. Yeah. But it was I. I opened the door and I'm like, oh my goodness, there's <laughs> yarn every which way in, in patterns. That was Mario. And I'm like, are we shocked? And you guys no. are all four sleeping on the floor in the living room and the stockings are clear across the room. And I, I'm looking at your dad. And I'm like, what am what I going to do? do? <laughs> For what? And I, so I, 
Yeah. <laughs> for if I was going to help Santa. Yeah, she's going to help Santa. Oh, and so <laughs> I go and I usually have a Christmas nightgown on, which is too bulky. So I put on the sleek, <laughs> I, I don't think I ever told you, I put on like sleek, like tight pants, you know, like leggings would be now and a tight top so I could slither no, through. No, you did not. Yeah, the ninja with the, all the all With black. all your stuff too. <laughs> and and so I tripped on one of them and it was like attached to your fingers and stuff. And, and somebody, I tripped on one of them and I'm trying to have light and I'm like, shh, 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 shh. It's okay. It's okay. Go to sleep. I just have, I just have to go potty. It's okay. Oh my gosh. And anyway, so that's. That is the funny. I've never heard this. Have you? I remember it. Yeah. I mean, wow. but I don't, I don't remember doing No, but the much. mom part. No, I didn't know that about mom. No. 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 It was. That's so funny. And gingerbread houses. We can't forget okay, mom. that. All Charles right. Dickens. Hannah wants, Hannah's yeah. really stressed. We're not even going to talk about Christmas commercials. I'm, I'm so sorry. sorry. I wanted to, but we're at 55 minutes. All right. Charles Dickens was written. He, he, he wrote. 1843. Oh my gosh. Was it really 1843? 1843. Yes. It was his second book that he wrote a Christmas Carol. His very first book was Oliver Twist. Now okay. I'm going to tell well, you. There, no, there was another book right before that. Well, yeah, there were other books. But okay. He wrote serials is what he did. There you go. Okay. He, oh. Because he came up with the idea, this company, um, and I knew the name of them, but I can't find it right now. Anyway, they contacted him because they wanted him to write for this illustrator. And he's like, that is a dumb idea. Nobody can afford what you want to do. So he suggested that he wrote a story either once a week or once a month. And it would be about 32 pages, three chapters, it would cost a shilling and everybody could afford it. And that is how Charles Dickens' books got put together. Oh. Now, Charles Dickens, in 1843, it was the Industrial Revolution. And he yeah. was a bit of an activist and a hero. And he really cared about social causes. And because he actually had to take care and be the man of the family at 12 years old because his dad went to jail for the debt that he had. And so there was a name for the... It was called oh, wow. Debtor's Prison. Yeah. And in fact, in these debtor's prisons, they had treadmills um, where you would have to walk on the treadmill to um and and the prisons would use the treadmills like power produced from you as electricity. So you had to work off your debt. Is that what they were doing? I I I, I don't know fully, but I know that they had wow. treadmills there for them to do that. Yeah, and 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 I didn't get to research that as much, but he worked his very first job when he was twelve during the Industrial Revolution. The factory came in, came mm. into being, and he's having to help support his family. And he put labels on shoe blackening blacking. Yeah, and so he became a wealthy man eventually. Yeah, not, what, not one of the wealth, wealthy, but wealthy. one of the wealthiest self-made men in um, in Britain. I think. I wonder he, if he Portsmouth, related to the Portsmouth the story then. I well, I think so because, for example, when he was writing, um, well, let let me tell you just a couple more things. Yeah. For example, he liked something he did when he traveled. He liked to go to the parish morgue because they would lay out the bodies that they would found in the river. And oh and gosh. people would to di- identify the bodies. He mm-hmm. liked to go through um, uh, cemeteries, and and he thought they were interesting. The headstones were interesting, and also, um, his sister. The year he wrote a Christmas Carol, his sister. He was very close to her. She died that year because you're going to remember that the the sister in yes. a Christmas Carol died. Giving birth um, to his nephew was, I think, the storyline. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And so all those things kind of come into play. And something about his writing is he discovered that his writing was a powerful tool. 
Yeah. Well, oh. and originally this novella that he published, you know, a Christmas story because it was a novella. Um, Can you explain what a novella is? It's just a novel. Okay. Um, but he wrote it in six weeks, and that was very impressive because originally oh he was going. Gosh. Yeah, he was originally going to publish an article because you know this is something that he was passionate about. And, yeah. Um, you know, the Industrial Revolution. He was sad about all the like the child labor that was going on, um, and so he ended up writing this. And he was worried because his book that happened right before that had not performed as well as um, as they had projected it to be performing. So his publisher had contacted him and said, like, hey, if you don't, like, essentially get us more money, your your living is going to go down. Like, what we give you is going to decrease. Oh, wow. Well, and, and the name of the publisher was Holland Chapman. Okay. That was the name of the publisher. Yes. And so he told them, because he really was passionate about this book, and he said, I'll pay for the publishing. Mm-hmm. And he thought it was such an important book that he even um, he even made sure that it had colored illustrations, which in 1843 was like unheard, unheard of. Unheard of, yeah. Yeah, and 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 it cost more to publish, and he wanted everybody to be able to afford it. And, and they sold out their six thousand copies in the first week. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah, wow. he published it. It went. He he had the idea. He hadn't even written it in October, mm-hmm. and he it went on sale December nineteenth. And by December 25th, they had sold 6,000 copies. By the end of the year, they had sold 15,000 copies. Oh, my gosh. And wow. what stunk, though, is later on after that story came out, um, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, not plagiarism, but copyright. Um, mm. International copyrights. They didn't have international copyrights. They didn't have international copyrights. So there was, like, a lot of, like, different versions of this book that were coming out in different plays that were coming out. And, like, people were able to like, just profit like crazy. That's off of his work because um, there wasn't really anything in place to stop it. No. But, you know, look at him now. I mean, people still know that his name. Yeah. Well, And, and all the those... story itself. And, it, oh, yes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, the, no, no, go ahead. The people that, um, like, I think it's who run his house, like where he, like where he was. Uh-huh. It, it's basically like a museum now where people can mm-hmm. go through. But they were saying that the most accurate representational of the original um, Christmas Carol would actually be the Muppets Christmas Carol. You know what? That which is my least favorite version of it, which is horrible. But no, I get it. The, the Muppets kind of freak me cheesy. out. It's just cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, okay. So, did you guys know this? When Charles Dickens wrote, he first named all of his characters. You know how usually people write a book and what should I name the character? Yeah. yeah. He came up with the names first, and the name um, Scrooge. Yeah. I think I heard this. Okay, Ebenezer Scrooge. Do you was, know it? Well, I'm going to see if it's the same one that mom's going to say. Tell me I, and correct me or or guide me. But yeah. what I was coming up with it was Ebenezer Scrooby. Yes. And he he saw this in an Edinburgh, Scotland cemetery. Yes. And he loved the name, but he wasn't totally taken with Scrooby. But Scroo- I feel like I thought that they said that something was obstructing it to where it looked like a G instead of a B or something. I don't remember. Me- in- instead of yeah. Meal Man, this per- this tombstone, instead of Meal he thought it said yes, Meal Man that's what it was. On, on his tombstone, Ebenezer was. Scrooby. Instead, yeah. he thought it said mean man and that hit a chord oh. and then he got up closer and he realized it said meal man because the guy dealt in grains or something yeah. Interesting. Okay. but it, it it got him to thinking who would put mean man how bad did he have to be to have mean man and then it, on his tombstone and then scrooby got changed to scrooge because screw scrooge um two words combined is screw and gouge 
Yes. And I so that becomes that. Scrooge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very interesting. I, I thought that I was... I know we didn't actually talk about the actual story, but I think it's such a common story that most people know know the story. Well, and he wanted to he wanted to encourage social change. He was really upset what was happening with women and and especially young children. Yep. Children as young as 5 years old were working in the factories. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to encourage change and he um a Christmas carol was a story of redemption. Yeah. It, it's it's one of my favorites. I mean, I think Disney, the Disney version, is one of my favorites. But I, I was yeah. actually surprised that Disney did it the way that they did it because there was quite a... The part of Marley's ghost was pretty graphic, I think, for, for kids. But, okay, I think it was, too. Yeah. Did you know he had a nanny when he was growing up that told him ghost stories? And he oh. said the ghost stories were actually pretty um advanced i don't remember the term he used but wow. basically if you if you tell a ghost story to a little kid and it's a caspery story it's kind of cute that's not the way it was told to no him. <laughs> no he had some pretty graphic um ghost stories and plus he was really interested in mesmerism and spiritualism that um talking to the dead that was kind of a thing that was interesting, interesting. Back knowing all of that it, the movie just makes so much more sense like right? i'm thinking of all the parts when she's talking and i'm like oh yeah okay now i can see why it's in that movie. Yeah. Well, and and during when in 18, 1841, so two years before when he wrote um, Oliver Twist. So you're right. It wasn't his only story. It wasn't his second book. So I apologize. Yeah, I, okay. I didn't say that right. That, But the average age was 26 years old because Liverpool was so disgusting from the industrial. That was industrial. the average age of like people of that, life. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. In, in the cities, they were just, they were running with um, filth. It, it was, it was bad. Thanks. Well, this has been has been very insightful, Mom. And hey, Vicky. Hey, <laughs> I thought it was interesting. No, I, no, no, it has. I I was like trying to find a graceful way to wrap. I know you want to wrap up. Mom's normally the one to wrap up. I am normally the last one to wrap up. But did you know he was a philanthropist? He spent oh, ten years more. trying to a decade trying to help de, um, destitute girls, and he dry, died I at only 50, I 58 years old. That's but compared to what the average lifespan was, yeah, that's he, pretty. He was ki- killing it. Yeah. Sorry, HB's tooting is really. Stinky. I was just gonna say, I keep trying not to laugh when I see her face. <laughs> no, she's she's making faces. It's can bad. we say that? So the last thing, can we all say what our favorite Christmas movie is? Please, yes. please, please. Okay. Yes. Okay. It, um, so for me, it's either The Grinch or The Polar Express. The Polar Express. I knew that. Yeah, The Polar <laughs> Express does have a special place in my heart because my it's my mom and I's favorite movie. To uh, watch. You guys, you guys bond over that. We did. Yeah, we it's, did. I, sorry, love you and your mom. Polar Express, there's something depressing just, about so it. That's the thing, though. That it's either you really love it or you just don't like it. There's I like no it in it's between. nostalgic and I watch mm-hmm. it with you a lot. But it creeps, the animation freaks me out. Yep. There's supposed to be a second one coming out, too. I heard that. Um, mom, your favorite. Go. Uh, Christmas Carol. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and well, that's we all, also my. I ha, I have a tie for my two favorite movies of all time, and it's it's a Wonderful Life and Gran Torino. So no, that's, that's not a good. Christmas. Wait, no, what? of all time. Oh, okay. so that's why I'm saying like it is like my favorite. Oh well, my Got favorite it. movie of all time is Pollyanna. Well, yeah, no, I I never mind. <laughs> Mine's point, a Night's Tale. <laughs> thank you guys. My point was I was like, this is how much I really love it. Yes. That's no. It's, it is wonderful. Can we all agree we like Elf, though? Yes. Oh, I love Elf. Yes. Elf's just happy. I, I mean, mean I can elf, have it. your favorite color? Yeah. <laughs> um, also, HB loves Elf as well. Does he? Whoa. Whoa. He doesn't, he's not seeming like it, but he does. 
The day he was born, we watched Elf four times. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's okay. crazy. Well, guy, Victoria, this is your spot. We saved you a spot. <laughs> tell us, tell us, take us out. What's something you want to leave us with? Um, well, first, thanks for having me. You're I know welcome. that we've talked about it. Um, this is very enjoyable. I could see how this can be addicting to do. Isn't it fun? Yeah, it we is love really to fun. do it. And, and it, and you talk to each other. Yeah, you, you learn what each other likes. You prep a little, which makes you, you know. We hope if we do anything, of course we're not experts on anything, but we hope we inspire some interest. Like, oh, go check that out. Yeah, I think um, I take some of that dynamic into my group that I have at work. Is is when you can make it relatable and you can make it feel like it's comfortable just to talk. It's the best part. Yeah. yeah. People, it's very relatable. Yeah. To Absolutely. Well, it was fun for us to get to have you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for doing it. And um, and we love you. We're happy you're here. Yeah. And um, guys, we love you and we pray for you. We seriously do. And we hope you'll pray for your neighbor and give a smile maybe to somebody who who just needs it. Because what we were going to say when we said we were going to make um, a Christmas carol relatable is... One of the things that Charles Dickens did is he went through the streets and he was amazed at how many rich people would see these people in destitute poverty and they were invisible. Mm -hmm. And there are no invisible people. Everybody matters. Everybody has a soul. Please try to care about somebody that maybe you're just realizing you're totally um, not noticing. But... um, it's got, New Year's Eve is coming up as you're hearing this. So yes. we hope you have a fantastic New Year's and God bless you all. Yes. Yes. Okay. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye.